What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of the Antisocial Network. March is a significant month, not only because of my birthday, as we talked about last episode, but also because March is Women's History Month. So before we close out this month, I wanted to highlight some of the amazing women in my life who are doing the damn thing. This week, my special guest is Nadia, my barber who is much more than just my barber. We'll talk about her entrepreneurial experience and how she discovered her passion that keeps me and so many others feeling so fresh and so clean. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antisocial Network. March is Women's History Month. And so because of that, I wanted to invite guests and promote people that I know that are women, women of color especially, that have their own businesses and do their own thing. So I have my barber turned friend here, Nadia, um, (laughs) doing this interview with me today. Um, So say what's up, introduce yourself. Hey y'all, what's up people? Um, Thank you for having me, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Just happy to be here, so thank you. And happy Women's Month to all of you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do. What is Jack of All Fades? Okay, well Jack of All Fades is my barber name and brand. Um, I have been cutting hair for about 15 years, so since college. Um, I recently, well, I wouldn't say recent at this point, it's been four years since I've been mm-hmm. in Houston, but um, I moved over here to start a new career, which was in barbering, something totally different mm-hmm. um, than I, I was an HR manager before that. Yeah. So just totally wanted to do something out of the norm and in a new state, new city. So I, um, I fell in love with it. Um, like I said, when I was in college, I was a broke college student, had a shortcut. I mm-hmm. needed to keep it professional, looking for class. So I went to Walmart, got a pair of Conair clippers, and then here we are today. And the rest is history. Yep, basically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're a very talented barber. Thank you. If y'all have seen me in person, you know that my haircuts are fresh always, <laughs> and Nadia is the reason why. You know I do what I can, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, how did you get to the realization? You know, you said you were in HR. Mm-hmm. How did you want to make sure you switched into something that wasn't that? What happened in the whole corporate world? Uh, yeah, corporate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just one of those, I think society makes you feel like you're, you have to be at a certain status, mm-hmm. you know, or a certain level of success based on basically other people. Yeah. Um, so I did enjoy my job to a certain extent, but it seemed like as I got further up in, higher up in, in rank, it just got it got boring, honestly. Yeah. Um, sitting behind a desk all day, conference calls, mm-hmm. um, just cooped up, and kind of always having to be on call because there's always a meeting, there's always something you have to do, and somewhere you have to go. And I I remember just like looking out of one of my out of my office window, watching the world go by, basically, mm-hmm. and thinking, why am I here? <laughs> like, yeah. why am I still doing this job? I'm I'm miserable, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm missing out on something. Like there's I wasn't being challenged enough mm-hmm. and I really I thought to myself for a long time I was like what is it that you would like to do that you love to do that doesn't feel so much like work yeah. or that will make you have to like really grind for it and I went through the different things that I've done you know different careers I've had or different talents that I hold and I thought to myself you know what you got a barber's license after you graduated college and you just kind of had it in the back pocket just as a like you know a little something to do on the side yeah. but I never did it full-time before so I said I, I would find myself leaving my nine to five 
to go work from like six to 12 at a barbershop and I feel so much more fulfilled doing mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. than I was doing, you know, working um, where I was working. So I just said, you know what? Can I say fuck it? Yeah. Okay, fuck <laughs> it. Are <laughs> uh, you said it right? Fuck it, I'm gonna move somewhere totally different um, that I don't really know that many people and I'm gonna just totally switch it up. So right. I did, I made a plan. I uh, took my 401k out, put an IRA, took my savings, some of my savings, got a U-Haul, and hauled ass over to Houston. I, I looked up, I was like, okay, what's one of the most economically advantaged places, advantaged mm -hmm. places for African Americans? Yeah. And Houston was one of them, not to mention my Florida license, because I'm from Florida, yeah. Florida by the way. Um, my Florida license uh, was basically, they, they, they um, supported the same services and hours as the Houston or the Texas license did. So all I had to do was pay for one. Oh, so I didn't realize that um, your license for being a barber wasn't necessarily transferable between states. No, um, some states require different hours. Okay. Some require you to do a theory or practical. Um, yeah, what does so that look like? It, well, basically you do the book work and then you actually do a demo. Okay. You have to do it. You have to bring in a model, you do a cut, you do a specific cut. The draping of the cape, you have to follow all the sanitation protocols oh, wow, just okay. right. Yeah. yeah, so um, I already held my license at that point for a few years, so it was nice to not have to do all that over again. Mm -hmm. So I just paid what they call a reciprocity, uh, for a reciprocity license. Okay. And then I got one, and here I am today. Who knew? Yeah. I didn't know all of that went in there. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually... Um, there's a lot of pieces that go to becoming a barber. So I can't, I can't just pick it up. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can have a natural talent for it. Yeah. I find that I consider myself an artist, yeah. honestly. Yeah, you are. Yeah, um, and I, I've always liked to draw and doodle. I've always been into hair, actually. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the bonding things that me and my dad had growing up was me going to the barbershop with him every two weeks. He was in the military, so it was like mm -hmm. like clockwork. You had to keep a fresh cut. Yeah. So I used to enjoy like the atmosphere as a kid, um, the smells, the conversation, even if I didn't know what they were talking about. It yeah. was just a vibe. And then it felt kind of, <laughs> and I know this may sound like weird, but kind of felt magical Yeah. because you see people like my, my dad or just some guy come in, he's looking a mess, right? And then all of a sudden, he gets that fresh cut. You see his, like, you can literally see him morph in the chair. His, yeah. his confidence goes up, you know, he, he can tell he's feeling himself, mm -hmm. and he just looks like a totally different person. And I love that, I yeah. love that transformation. It's, I still get a high to this day, giving somebody the mirror and, being, and just watching their reaction, because yeah. I can see the whole thing happen right there. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, hair is a big part of, at least for me, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you too, how I built my confidence, you know, mm -hmm, absolutely figuring out what it is that looks good on me, what it is that I like, uh, even if it wasn't like conforming to mm -hmm. the standards that everybody else has, maybe mm -hmm. like Eurocentric type terms, straightening perms, mm -hmm. um, and then even in women in general, um, longer hair, whatever. Yeah. Um, so in that way, you know, going back to Women's History Month, you are empowering, empowering women that you cut hair for. So uh, what does that mean to you? What does that feel like to you? Oh, that feels amazing. Um, like I told you earlier, I just wanted to change careers at the time. I wanted something fun. And so going into barbering at the time was just for that reason. It was to do something kind of out of the way. It was kind of even a rebellious moment. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm being honest. I mean, yeah. You know, my parents, you know how parents expect you to do certain kind of things. And I'm like, okay, I'm in my 30s. I shouldn't even be switching careers to something mm -hmm. so drastic, right? 
but I just wanted to take a chance. I wanted a taste of freedom. Yeah. And working for myself, you know, what's what's all more awesome than that? Like I'm off on the weekdays or <laughs> any day that I pick. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it's 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 a it's a great freedom to that. Um, but it it's empowering for me as a black woman to be able to be a part of a community of barbers because barbering, barbering excuse me, has been a staple in our black community. Mm -hmm. We've, uh, you know, it's still a male-dominated um, industry, yep. but, you know, it's been a place where we can have conversations. It's a safe space. It's a safe space, absolutely. Um, and it's a place where a lot of meetings used to go take place. Martin Luther King sure. and Malcolm X That's and true. Black Panthers used to have their meetings at the barber shop because mm -hmm. no one really thought that, you know, yeah. just a haircut. No, yeah, yeah. Thinking inspiring. About it. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of deals and a lot of different things that were going on in that in that shop. Um, we still have a, it's still reminiscent of that. People come in and they tell me their stories. Uh, I counsel people, I, you know, help them facilitate change. I say, at this point, I realize that it's not just cutting hair. Like I'm living in my purpose. Yeah. I'm doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I just happen to cut hair at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. um, I say I feel like a superhero, except you wear the cape, basically. Huh. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to be a part of, it. and then to do it in a all female, yep. black owned barb. I was barb gonna her ask shop. Yes. So we call it barb her. Yes. Yep. Um, that's even that's on another level, right? Yeah. So we're doing something that no one else is doing in Houston. That we are the number one um, black-owned and all-female barbershop in Houston. Well, I'm glad I found. Well, I didn't find y'all. You were recommended, <laughs> um, and you know it's not easy to find a barber. And you were the first chair I sat in, and yep. it's the rest is history. I know, right? It's been like three years now, it has, and that's crazy. Time has gone by so freaking yeah. fast. And that's the crazy part too, being privy to seeing people's evolution from behind the chair. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've witnessed people get new jobs, get married, get engaged, um, just all these different transformations that's happened in their lives. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I was gonna mention that you're also kind of somewhat, I see you as like a mentor in some ways mm -hmm. too. Because um, like you said, you, we sit there and have conversations about all types of stuff. You've seen me transition from mm -hmm, one job to I another. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I can see my own evolution just in the three years that I've been in Houston, but I'm sure like you can see some things too. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, it's a blessing to consider you not just my barber, but a friend, a mentor, all of the above. Absolutely. And yeah. it's my pleasure. Um, like I said, I, I had no clue what I was gonna, how it was gonna go, mm -hmm. but I am so thankful and I'm so glad that I took the chance because I'm, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And I'm, um, to be able to hold space for people and to be a safe space at the same time, especially as a black queer woman yeah. on top of that, yeah. you know, and being able to be inclusive to everyone. Yep. That, that's, that's, that's one of the best parts of what I do every day, mm -hmm. honestly. And speaking on your the fact that you work in an all-female barber shop like we've talked about the um, difficulties or struggles with being women and going into male barber shops and that feeling mm -hmm. and everything like that so for the listeners who aren't aware who don't have short haircuts like going into a male barber shop although is a space safe space for black people it's more black men mm, definitely. Um, and I have definitely felt uncomfortable being in a men's barbershop, like people staring at you. Mm -hmm. You don't, I mean, I was 
you know, I cut my hair probably when I was 21 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I didn't know anything. I went to, like you said, with my dad a couple of times because I had to. Um, but I don't know what I want to get. Right. But, like, you as a woman, the other barbers in the shop, as women, they understand what it means to be a female who wants short hair or, like, just how to make your style look more feminine mm -hmm. if that's what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I went into a barber shop and like they gave me like a bald fade. I was like, this is not, not what, what I asked, asked for. <laughs> and now I look like even more, I'm, I feel even more uncomfortable because uh -huh. I'm supposed to walk in there and feel better about myself right. when I leave. But now right. I don't feel good at all. And I'm self-conscious and I have to wait for my hair to grow back. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, that space that y'all have, I'm just really grateful for that also. Thank you. Um, and that's, we pride ourselves on that. Of course, you know, we we have everybody come in. We have men, we have women, yeah, white, yeah. black, everyone. Um, working in the Galleria area, you, you attract some of everybody. It's very diverse. Mm -hmm. But we, I think at least once a day, I'll have someone come in and say, and kind of even like have a sigh of relief. You can kind of see it. Mm -hmm where they're just like, oh, I'm finally in a place where I can just relax. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people, <clears throat> like you said, that may not have ever had a haircut before, know how anxiety-driven yeah. that can be. I remember the first time I went to get a more masculine, expressive, like, hairstyle. Mm -hmm. And the guy looked at me like, I don't even know how to describe the look, but it was just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And honestly, that was, thanks to him, that was the last day I actually got anyone let anyone else cut my hair. Okay. It was such a horrible experience. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing like to the point where I get up and I'm just I walk out and they're laughing. No. Yeah, he gave me a cut I did not ask for, just like he said, and it was it was a horrible experience. Yeah. And I vowed that I would never um, uh, having let anyone have that experience if I could help it. Yeah. Um, so I welcome everyone, of course, with open arms and open mind. But yeah, it is, I, I even have moms, moms that bring their sons in. Mm -hmm. And they, they've said, you know, oh my gosh, thank you for having this space because I feel like a piece of meat when I walk into That's, a I didn't think about shop. that, yeah. yeah. It's like, I can literally come in here with my glasses or my sweats mm -hmm. or pull out my laptop and do some work without feeling like somebody's gonna hit on me every five minutes. Yeah. Not to mention that, um, you know, we try to be respectful when we do have children in the building. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're not necessarily, um, a family or kid oriented barber shop yeah but we do have children and we do have kids and, and older people mm -hmm. so we, our conversations we try to be mindful about how we talk or what we talk about around children yeah. and around other people you know and, and and even ask hey is that okay can we get into that conversation because we want people to be comfortable you should be yeah. like I said it's a place where you get to be you we get to be unapologetically black yeah and just talk about everything. Yeah. And we do talk about <laughs> everything. Yeah, you like wear a lot of hats because you're, I feel like essentially a therapist. <laughs> Listen, it, what's so crazy is out of all the careers that I've held in my 38 years, I am literally still doing all of them. It's like, yeah. it's like every career that I've had, working in healthcare, healthcare administration, HR, um, a workshop facilitator, and a mentor, mm -hmm. teen youth mentor. Yeah. I have literally been doing every, I'm still using all of those skills every day. Yeah. Every day, and that's what's so crazy. I'm like, wow, was, was this, was everything preparing me yeah. for I'm, this? Has you to know? be, I think that's just, 
I was going to say a testament to the fact that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. like what you were put on this earth to do. Absolutely. Because it's just guided you to this and like made you even better at what it is you do. Like, because you don't just cut hair. You have to, you can't be a silent barber. You can't. I mean, you can, but I don't think people come back to that. I, you know, I, I know I'm good at what I do. I know I'm great at what I do, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that I may not be the best barber in the world, but I know that I'm consistent mm -hmm. and I know that people like an experience. And I believe that people come back to me the way that they do because they're having an experience. Yeah. Um, I have people that are so comfortable with me, even like the first time they come, they fall asleep. Fall and asleep. at first, that used to be annoying, right? Yeah. But after a while, I got to thinking, I'm like, man, that's the ultimate trust mm -hmm. because you just, you know, we don't know each other. Yeah. You, you're in this space, I'm cutting, all this noise going around, and you fall asleep. So you are like feeling that comfortable yeah. where you can fall asleep. Yeah. That says a lot. Um, you're you're talking about you know you know what makes for people to come back mm -hmm. so I guess let's get into your your quote-unquote business model okay, yeah, yeah how do you like start doing all of that um well my like I said uh, my my name my barber name is Jack of all fades mm -hmm. uh, kind of plays off the words of or plays off of me having done several things and knowing how to do several things yep. and not to mention my last name is Jackson okay yep. so I was like okay I'm, and and I started cutting hair by cutting my own like mm -hmm. I said that was the last time with that guy it was the last time I ever went to the shop yeah so I learned how to cut every hairstyle that I've ever I do now on my head first ball fade designs color you name it I did it first on my head and mm, I mastered yeah. it there first because I felt like if I could do it on myself then I could I could do it on anybody else mm -hmm. so that's where my name came from um, I was living in Tallahassee, um, and it's a college town. You got FAMU, you got TS, uh, TCC, and then you have Florida State. Okay. So some major universities there, and I decided to be a mobile barber because I was more flexible with my, because I'm working a full-time job as it was mm -hmm, already. Mm -hmm. So I started off as a mobile barber, and I would just go to different dorms, go to different people's houses, some professional set settings. Like, sometimes I'd cut, like, CEOs or, um, people at their businesses in their conference rooms yeah. right before they have to go to an impromptu meeting that's or something pretty like cool that. yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> um i would have loved and i and i still may do some of that i offer mobile here mm -hmm. um now but it's such a huge city so and then i'm blessfully booked and I busy was all say, the time all the time so <laughs> can you cut my hair right now you know what i'm saying <laughs> right look let me go get the clippers at the house right and they're right down the street um but yeah so i haven't had the opportunity to do that but that's how i started once you decide you want to do your own thing, what are some of the steps that you need to take in order to make it happen? Well, um, going back to my name, if you haven't registered your name, get your DBA or you know, or LLC. I'm a sole proprietor, Okay. Um, but I'm probably going to convert over to an LLC because I am looking to do some apparel and some products as okay. well. So I don't, I don't even know what the difference is between like LLCs um, and... Well, one is more of a liability. That's if you are planning to and don't quote me like verbatim on yes. this, but if you plan on selling certain services or products as well as potentially uh, having employees, mm -hmm. that that particular umbrella okay. uh, is, is probably the best way to go. Gotcha. I work for me, mm -hmm. solely for me, so I'm my own entity. Gotcha, so that's gotcha. why having a sole proprietorship works for me. Um, I also am in the process actually right now of waiting to get my information back for my name to be trademarked oh okay. so uh, that'll be totally my name yeah. nobody can touch it nobody can touch it here in texas yep exactly <laughs> so i'm doing that um one of the things that i use is uh booksy 
Yeah. Booksy is the app that I use. Um, I got introduced to one of my colleagues at the shop, and it is awesome. Um, they've evolved since I've had them. They now have a Booksy business, which is specifically for businesses, so it helps keeps your, keeps your books. My okay. appointments, uh, cancellations, I can put in all of my services. If I'm selling things, gift cards, you name it, and it just keeps everything in order for me. So I keep my own manual. I'm still old school. I keep my own books. Mm -hmm. Like I write down an actual, you know, booklet about, you know, who I have that day, uh, fees and things of that nature. I have a CPA. Um, so when I get my taxes done, I have someone specifically okay. that I go to. To um, that's what Booksy also helps as well. I use several different um, payment options. Some barbers are still old school where they just want cash. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of played out. Yeah. Nobody carries cash like that. I never have cash. Right. Money. If I get cash, it's almost like, oh, it's like a, oh, my God, thank you. It's like yeah. a unicorn. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, haven't seen this before. <laughs> what do I do with it? Right. What do I do with this? Uh, so, you know, I use uh, Apple Pay, uh, Venmo now. Um, I use Square. Mm -hmm. Square is also another great um, app that I use. I even have, I still have my PayPal. I also, and, do, and I do cash out business. So... I use these different different ways to keep up with um, services and fees. I also had to open a business account, so I have a business account um, with my credit union under the name of Jack of All Fates. Okay. And I use that to, um, of course, have my payments come to it as well as to pay for supplies, and I keep inventory of all of that. True, true, true. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much what I do. It's on a small scale. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh I don't know. I feel like everybody wants to nowadays, you know, with the the great resignation and mm -hmm, everything, mm -hmm. people trying to do their own thing. A lot of people want to be entrepreneurs. A lot of people want to have their own businesses. Which is a great thing. I think, yeah, I think it's a great thing. Um, but they don't realize everything that goes into it, oh, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. I'm all for people chasing after their purpose, finding out what they like, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily conforming to what society's trying to say, but... I think they don't know, if you don't know the work that has to go into it, then you're not going to be successful. Um, and Absolutely. so I think it's important to let people know, like, the different steps that need to be taken mm -hmm. um, beforehand or, like, you can't, at least in terms of just generic. Mm -hmm. I was always told, you don't quit a job before you have one secured. That's true. So, like, that's true. If, I, yeah. I, that's true. My parents say that all the time, too. Mm -hmm. I basically had to like present to them my plan. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> both of my parents work in finance. Yeah. So oh, it's okay. kind of like, yeah, yeah. they're like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, also, some things too, like I said, you know, being knowledgeable, you have to do your research too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have been blessed to have um, be financially literate, dealing, like I said, having parent, parents that work in finance. Mm -hmm. Um, so having them to kind of support me and, and give me knowledge on, you know, how to save, how to invest how to, you know, having CDs and being able to move money here or there to make it grow for you and things of that nature. So I didn't just totally do this, yeah. you know, blindsided. Mm -hmm. I made a plan. I mm -hmm. had a plan. Um, I had built my savings up, yep. you know, for rainy days it's just and for vacations that I never took, actually. Mm -hmm. So um, when I moved over here, I wasn't struggling. You know, I, I had... Um, a sufficient amount of money available to me so that I can make that kind of move and that transition. Yeah. So I do encourage people to make sure that you get your ducks in a row. 
Um, I was working on my credit. You know, mm -hmm. I was doing a few things that was helping me to be able to, if I needed to take a loan, if I needed to, um, you know, help with grant writing and things of that nature, if I needed money to help, you know, yeah. down the line, if it wasn't quite working out. Mm -hmm. So keeping the right people around you, asking questions, doing your research, like I said, um, there's so much available to you on online. Yeah. You know, you can just, you can really go, you can go on IG and ask a friend, like people will, yeah, you that's know, true, that's true. will give you information. And, but just, I do, I am so proud of what's happened actually in uh, that's come out of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, people, I think they sat still enough to realize, man, I don't want to live like this. Yeah. Like, I, I need something else mm -hmm. and multiple streams of income are important. Yes, I am a barber, but I'm also a notary, mm -hmm. and I'm also working on some different other projects yeah. to bring multiple streams of income in as well. I love what I do, and I, I like I said, and I'm glad to be busy. But you do always have to have a backup. Absolutely. And I think that, I think that sometimes people uh, think that they have to just take a whole leap. I did. I was I was ready. Yeah. But it's okay if you, like I said earlier, you have a nine to five, and then from six to twelve, yeah, you do what you love. I know a few people like that. I have a, an attorney that I cut. He, you know, he's a cutthroat attorney all day. And then he's a yogi, you know, on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. And he absolutely loves it. And he's like, I don't think I could do this without that. Yeah. Like it balances I him out. So, balance, right? yeah. It is. So just, just those things, research, um, asking questions, you know, go into, go into the spaces. If, if someone has a similar occupation, you know, go in and see how they build that up and mm -hmm. start small, you know, do pop-ups. Yeah. Houston is so good for that. Pop-up yeah, shops, yeah. trucks, you know, so you can start kind of anywhere. You don't have to be like, right, you know, I was prepared, but mm -hmm. you could take baby steps. Yeah. You know, you can still old school it and start <laughs> in the back of your trunk, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you need to do. But I definitely, I encourage everyone to follow their dream and purpose, whatever that looks like mm -hmm. for them. I think people just have a hard time figuring out what that is. Oh yeah. Um, but it takes time. Like mm -hmm. you said, you didn't think you were supposed to even be doing that because of the point that you were at in your mm -hmm. life. But it's like, that's also like a mindset that's shifted too. Mm -hmm. That Definitely. yeah, you don't have to like be young to like achieve your dreams. Mm -hmm. I'm not old now. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just waiting. <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm just joking. But you're right though. Yeah. You're right though, you don't have to start you know, of course, if I could go back in time with the mindset I have now, I honestly, I don't know if I'd have, if I'd have went to college. I don't mm -hmm. know. I might have went right into vocational. Yeah. I might have gotten certified in certain things that I enjoyed doing. Um, like I said, I just feel like we get so caught in this like linear way of thinking mm -hmm. um, that we have to do this by this age and we have we should have this type of job and make this type of money. But you need to define success for yourself. Yeah. Um, I've made certain kinds of money and I've done certain kind of job kinds of jobs but I am I've never been this fulfilled before like yeah. I feel absolutely 100% happy with where, where I'm at right now yeah and I wouldn't change a thing and that's where the wealth and the enrichment really mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that's how I equate success when you're doing something that doesn't feel like work you'll never work a day in your life hello <laughs> and you get paid for it yeah yeah <laughs> you know like I can work hit a 12 hour day hits different working for yourself mm -hmm. than it does for somebody else. Yeah. So 
that's something else that's you know come up on Twitter and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is people like build their own businesses and everything. They're like, you know, I got got out of the corporate world and but and now I'm working even more than I thought I was oh, working yeah. before. Oh yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's truth to that. But like you said, if it's something that you really enjoy, it's mm -hmm. not gonna be a, a burden to you. Like um, even with this podcast, like obviously I'm not getting paid for it or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and the only reason I did it was, you know, not for clout or anything, but more just because I feel like I have conversations like the ones that I'm having with you now yeah. with other people and uh, they could benefit from Absolutely. the platform. So, um, and I was like, I, what's funny is I don't consider myself to be a social person mm -hmm. at all. Hence the anti-social network. Um, <laughs> I see your shirt. Black yeah. Introvert. Black introvert, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't I don't consider myself to even be that vocal mm -hmm. of a person, but doing things like this is actually fun. Um, you know, my intros and outros, I'll, I'll do one to, for this episode too, but okay. um, I never liked writing in school, but this is a different form of like creative writing. Absolutely. And I'm like, this is actually fun. I mean, it the is. editing part is kind of annoying, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just cool to see like your different talents in ways that you didn't know that they could even mm -hmm. like manifest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you never know how far it goes. That is you true. Never know. Yeah. You know, you never know what, how it where will take you. And I think that's, that's really living though, in my opinion. I feel like I'm really living now um, in my later thirties. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a f very freeing sensation. It's a very peace, peaceful place to be when you, and I, th I think people don't, they confuse like their purpose with um, what they're supposed to be, like an actual job. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing too. Finding, it's in between there. Yeah. You know, having a, taking time to have a real human experience here, because that's what we're here for, yeah. to really have an experience. Mm -hmm. And that means taking in a moment, that means taking in each opportunity as it comes, and not just being confused fine to just one way of thinking you know and once I got a glimpse once I took that chance now it's like I want to take chances on everything yeah you know like yeah. once you do it and you get out there even if it doesn't work out the first time or the second or the third mm -hmm. you just keep at it because if that's what you want and that's what you desire it can happen yeah but I'm sure at some point it was like oh yeah for sure highs and lows ebbs yes. and flows yes all of it um, yes, there were moments where I was like, I second guess myself. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I starting over? I don't have to do this. I got mm -hmm. so many other avenues <laughs> I could go into. Like, you're like 30 something years old. Why are you starting over? You yeah. know? And sometimes I would even, you know, comparison is the theft of joy, they say. Sometimes I'm looking at other barbers and their work in the area in the area mm -hmm. and that are my mentors in mm -hmm. that capacity and I'm like man he's so amazing or she's so good like am I even that good enough like like what makes me think that I could you know pack up an appointment book like this what makes me think that I'll be a known name like this mm -hmm. and just having fortunately having a support system around me of people that were like you got this like you and I had to remind myself of how far I've come yeah. And the things that I've succeeded in, and I've all any time I've put my mind to something, I've always completed it, and I've always done well in it, and this was no different. Mm -hmm. um, and this was for me. Right. This What's was even the first time. Right. Yeah. This was something I'm choosing for me, not anyone else, or not to you know for anybody else's validation or opinions. This is solely for me, mm -hmm. and I can't. I don't want to fail me. Yeah. You know, I can't fail me. So, 
I just, I kept at it. Yeah. I had those moments, I had those voices in my head telling me, you know, get a, you know, just get, get a regular job. Like, why are you doing this? You're too old to do this, or you're too, you know, this is just is too risky of an, of an occupation. You know, mm -hmm. it goes up, it goes down, you don't know what's gonna happen. And I'm like, no, I, I love what I do. I'm great at it, I'll get better at it, mm -hmm. and I'll keep at it. And, I, and then, like I said, after a while, it was way more than just doing hair. It was I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like yeah. this isn't aligned with who I am yeah. and what I'm what I'm supposed to give the world. Yeah. Um, I didn't know I, I manifested the life I wanted to live. I, I saw how I was gonna live, I saw the clientele I wanted in my mind and I just kept pushing for it and I'm right in that moment right now. Yeah, that's like, awesome. I'm booked months out, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> Very, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm in demand, and it never gets old. Every time yeah. I look at my books, and I'm like, oh, I'm booked. Or you hit me up, and you're like, hey, I don't see anything nah. next week. Are you? I'm like, that, so I, sad. I, my bad. Sorry, not sorry. You know. <laughs> yeah. I kept at it, and here I am. Well, I'm glad that you did, or else I don't Thank know you. what I'd be looking like right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just talking about that reminded me of the the movie, The Soul. Mm -hmm. movie mm -hmm. I think we've talked that's about that yeah. I love that movie because um, it helped me to realize like yeah we have different I don't remember exactly the terms that they put it in mm -hmm. but you know your skills and mm -hmm. then like the things that you're meant to do so but you know people conflate those two things too like mm -hmm. you think that everything that you're good at is supposed to be part of your purpose exactly um, and that's how people get stuck not knowing how to uh, do what they're meant to be mm -hmm. here for. So like, I don't know, I'm good at sports, but I'm not meant to be a professional athlete. Exactly, right? So you have to figure out what, um, what actually, like like I said, my I'm talented when it comes to like writing in certain ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I can have a discussion even though I didn't think I was. So also like seeing yourself in a different light, in a more like positive light that like really reflects mm -hmm. all the things that make you who you are even if you had ruled it out completely before yes, absolutely um and then i think examples like you said try first second third whatever time mm -hmm. that's just re reflected in all the different careers that you had it, but they yeah. weren't failures because no. we just talked about yeah how they got you to where yeah. you're at i use those degrees i use yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm using those skills today yeah you know and once you find that purpose and once you real align yourself with what you are here for no one can touch you. Mm -mm. No one can stop you. No one can tell me anything about what I do or what I don't do or what my success looks like for me because I know what that looks like for me. I yeah. define that. Yeah, and you're living it. And I'm like living I'm, it. it's literally proof is in the pudding, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get back to the the business part a little sure. bit. Yes. How did um, you promote yourself? Get your name out there. Get your clientele up. Get booked out months in advance. Um. Like I, uh, well, social media, yep. you know, good old social media. I, oh, I took a lot of pictures after, after every client. When I first got here, I didn't know anyone. Um, so I started at ground zero. I had a clientele when I was working part-time back home and then my mobile business. So I had to start all over again here. I would sit in the shop for hours, you know, um, either taking pictures. I'd make videos mm -hmm. of the shop. I'd make promo videos. Uh, Nish, who's the owner of the of the hot towel where I work at, yep. she um, would have her clients, you know, just recommend me out. She, you know, say, hey, bring a friend in, you know, I got a new barber, 
So they come in, you know, we had, we're on Yelp and we're on Google too, okay. so the shop is, so they come in, I'd grab whoever walked in mm-hmm. and try to make it the best experience possible. Because you know typically people are like, <laughs> if there's an open chair, like, yeah, you know, that's the like whole suspect, yeah. right, right. But, but no, they come in and I do my thing and they come back or they tell a, uh, tell a friend. Like I said, I'd post videos, I'd post pictures of my work. Um, I passed out flyers at one point, Mm -hmm. and I just kept, I kept consistent at it. Uh, I'd be at work every day for as long as it took. Like, I'd work, like I'm working in, even if I'm sitting in that chair all day, I'd find, I'd look up, watch videos. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd go on, you know, different barbering sites and try try to, you know, hashtag things to try to get people to see my my work and change my hashtags and, um, just go on to different organizations. I'd video footage, I'd sweep the floors, I'd fold towels, <laughs> like whatever I could do to stay busy mm-hmm. and stay productive. Yeah. And like I said, I'd once I got that person in, my goal every single time was to make them my client. And, it, and that's what it did, that's what I did. I gave myself, now I did work, I will say this too, I did work um, part-time at the library mm-hmm. when I first got here. Um, so this is a weird thing, I, when I first moved here, while I was waiting for my license to come in, I kept telling myself I will not go back into the industry I was working, which is workforce development. I'm going to do fun jobs. Yeah. Nothing but fun jobs. Mm-hmm. So at one point, I worked at the library, which I always wanted to work at. Yeah. Which is where I met my wife later. <laughs> and uh, I worked at Costco doing the food demos. I was going to say, I had always to be wanted to do that. I always wanted to do that. And I tried to get a job at UPS because I always wanted to wear that, okay. that Doobie Brown like, yeah. uniform. Don't ask questions. I don't know. <laughs> but that's like a little bucket list of like little jobs I've always wanted to do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you could work for Amazon. You you know, I could. I could. I could uh, that's still a thing. I mm-hmm. could happen. Um, but yeah, so I, had a, I did have a part-time job. But I would, when I was not working there, I was at the shop. Like every waking moment that I was not working there, I was at the shop. Okay. And so I just, it just took time and patience. Yeah. Took time and patience, you know, having people refer to me, like I said, having people. And then once I got Booksy, the cool thing about the Booksy app is people can look you up by location. Um, Mm -hmm. It's nationwide. It's a nationwide app. So they put in that location, um, the gallery area, I come up. Mm -hmm. And then the more people I saw, the more reviews I, I started to get the more seen I, I, become, I became on the Booksy app. Oh, okay, it's like an algorithm. Exactly, yeah. exactly what it is. And, for, and to this day, um, I still get new people from Booksy. I always ask, hey, how did you hear about me or how did you hear about us? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh yeah, the Booksy app brought me here. Nice. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then, you know, using the proper hashtags and different ways of people finding you. Yeah. Um, black barber, female barber, you know. Whatever they put in, I'm, I had like fifty thousand different ways I was doing it. Yeah, like, I gotta work on my hashtag game. You know what? The hashtag game—it's got to be strong. I'm not gonna yeah, lie to you; it yeah. has to. And I realized that even changing it up from time to time, taking something out and adding it in, and just kind of seeing the trend—that mm-hmm. helps a lot too. Okay. Yeah, but that's what I did, and I, I gave myself six months to be to be to leave the part times and to um, go full time. Okay. And I did it in four. Oh. Yeah, I got, I got yeah. comfortable That's enough nice. where I could do it in four. So I dropped the rest of my jobs and I focused solely on that. And here we are today, no. 40, almost four years later. 
it, and that's kind of crazy though because like i said i've been with you for mm -hmm. like three years <laughs> right. I, I mean first of all i didn't know you couldn't tell by the cut that you gave me the first day that yeah. you had just you know just started in terms of uh, the business out here in, mm -hmm. yep. in houston but um yeah that's just real crazy I, I never thought about it like that yeah um yeah time, i mean it's crazy time goes by so fast Times go by. I mean, especially I, now. I remember the first day you came. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and just a side note, it's so funny because I have really not just seen your evolution, like as you've moved since you moved here, mm -hmm. and, and occupation wise, but just you. Yeah. Just your personality and how you've blossomed and bloomed oh, over yeah. time too. So. That's Give yourself some credit. I know you, you often think that, you know, I still got, I got work to do or I got this, but you're growing. Thank I see you. it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Even in the risk you take with your haircut sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah you, you know. You come outside the box a little bit a more. A little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit, you know, not too much. But you're doing something. You're doing good. You're doing great. And I'm, I'm so proud of you for doing this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. You are one of uh, my, my mentors, I'd say, out here. So. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Seriously. But yeah, thank you so much for, for joining, for coming, for being a guest. For, Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, speaking your truth it. and, um, you know, giving some advice to some people out here who may be interested in doing the same thing. Um, yep. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here and um, keep at it. Keep doing it. This is great. Will do. Will do. <laughs> Society as we know it is changing. People are no longer allowing themselves to be complacent working unfulfilling jobs that aren't making them happy. Or at least I know I'm not. Over the past few years, many of us have learned that life is way too short to live purposelessly for the sake of someone else's definition of success. Now is the time to do you and redefine what success means to you. A special thank you to Nadia for illustrating that any one of us is more than capable of breaking the mold and shattering the ceiling. And if you want to look as good as I do, be sure to check out Nadia and the other insanely talented Barb Hers at the Hot Towel here in Houston. Instagram handles can be found in the description. Thanks for listening, and until next time, continue to connect with those around you and grow your own networks, and I'll catch y'all in the next episode. Peace.